Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. Let's roll this thing. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Hey, you're listening. Once again, Ben is is screwing up the intro. You got anything you want to eat or you want to drink? I'm I'm good. I'll shut up now and go on mute. Do it, baby. (laughs) You're listening to the Work For It podcast, the most professional maker podcast in the market where we are supported by the beautiful people at Patron. Just like Dennis says at the beginning of the show, you can support us for as little as $10.80 a year. And I have started to post little video tidbits on the Patreon page now that uh, do not go public. So that would be one additional feature that you'll get if you join the Patron. And uh, also you'll get 52 after shows, which is where you can ask us a question and we'll answer it in the after show. And those questions and answers bring value to you or could bring value to you. I think they do. So go check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash work for. And of course, we are sponsored by the most handsome man. I'm going to just go right out and say it right now. The most handsome Knife maker slash retailer slash ecom genius. You're going to be talking about me for a second there. Sorry, you got all excited. <laughs> Man in Canada, and his name is Lawrence Lake. If you don't know Lawrence, Yay! you should check out his website, maritimeknifesupply.com, and take your next knife making project to the next level. He's got everything from abrasives to steel to tooling to, uh, what else is he selling? Handle materials and pins, anything you can think of. Yeah, he's got all kinds of cool stuff on MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Let's go check him out. And also, if you're looking for that super special, very affordable, by the way. I was super surprised when I looked at BakerForge.com and saw yeah. that all of their knife steels, like their billets, you can make a knife for under 100 bucks if you use the promo code WFI. Ten, Brian, you screwed that up when you interviewed Jeff Fader. It's not work for it. It's WFI ten. He slid it in. Oh, sorry. But we'll talk more. And then Fader's like, "Use full blast. Use full blast, and you can get ten percent off." And I'm just like, "Man, he blasted us. That's all right. That's okay. We we could talk about that in the future, or in this episode, actually. Sure. About the interview with Jeff Fader, and I appreciate the boys giving me a birthday shout out." And all of that on Knife Talk. So if you're not listening to Knife Talk, go go over and, uh, you know, if you it, let's just say, have you been listening to the recent episodes? If you haven't, make sure you go out and check it out because it's an excellent show. And those it boys is. over there do an awesome professional job. Not quite as professional as the Work For It podcast. It's getting almost there. there. It's getting, getting there. there. It's you know, very they're, close. They're just starting out. How, how You know, they, they've got to grow. They've got to figure out their routine. It's, it's just one it's of those things. It's very yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. They got to put a couple yeah. more hundred ep- a couple hundred more episodes in before I yeah. feel like they've really got it nailed down. Oh, Speaking but. of hundreds of episodes, do you know what episode we are on? I was trying to think of this the other day. I stopped counting to be honest. I, know. I don't know. It's it's definitely close to 200, I would think. I was going to say it's got to be over a hundo for sure. We'll for be sure, able to find sure. out. Yeah, you hey can guys. go into the feed and look. Yeah. Should I uh play the intro music or something? Hit it, Brian! Let's do it, baby! Yeah! Work for it. (laughs) Where some people might say we don't do that, but we do bring the value on this show. This is business in the workshop. We've gotten away from that statement, that mantra, and I'd like to bring it back to the Work For It podcast, that this is all about business in the motherfucking workshop. All pro, all the time. And you know yeah, what, boys? Unless it's lunchtime. <laughs> unless you're <laughs> sipping on some tea you're, and you're retired you're like Ben hangry. Butler. Unless you're hangry during the podcast. Oh, jeez. Hey, I got a question. <laughs> if uh, if if Lawrence Lake 
is the most handsome man in knife making. What does that make Dennis Tyrell? Because they could be fucking twins. I said in Canada. Oh, so yeah. just Canada. remember, we've got, ah. they're both Canadian, but yeah, we've yeah. got in Canada and in California. So there's okay. different, There's a okay. border between the two. Two different so, countries yeah. there, California That's exactly and Canada. Right. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely they are brothers from another mother, those two. They yeah. do look a lot alike. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Just, just Tall, handsome. Clarify that. You know, chiseled we chiseled start- jaw. Yeah, before I start making the plaques for them and everything, you know, the trophies. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They could. They could use a trophy for sure. Well, yeah. ge- gentlemen, how's the week been going? Who wants to kick it off and tell me all about your week? Spring breaking, baby. We're spring breaking here in Idaho. What's going on in Idaho, bud? What's that? What's going on in Idaho? What's What's going, what's going on, on with on the spring break? Yeah, boys are on spring breaks, which means my wife's on spring break as well. Uh, because she follows the teacher schedule, even though she works at like the school district level. So, uh, so do you think in... that? Do you, Ben? Sorry to interrupt, but no, do no, you no. think your wife could end up on Girls Gone Wild? Is she the going Yo. like full? I'd watch full that. spring breaker. Yeah. yeah, I would too. I'd I would watch too. that. Yeah. <laughs> I All right, say, this I... is fun. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, go ahead <laughs> gotta... and leave real quick. It's funny because believe it or not, that that brought up a funny that's how you guys met isn't it last night no um <laughs> no we were watching forrest gump last night sam had a sleepover so our youngest went to a buddy's house to sleep over last night so it was christy myself and jack jack's 12 going on 13 here in may watching Man, forrest gump and you kind of forget how much sexual innuendo there is in forrest gump it's a great after movie. all it's just a big giant love story right sure and Forrest falls in love with a gal that turns into a hippie stripper cocaine addict Um, so quite a few uh quite a few topics of pornography and other things just forced themselves into conversation prostitution there's a there's a great prostitution uh, scene in that movie I said I said anytime you think about looking at pornography or somebody sh- tries to show you pornography, just imagine that it's your mother. <laughs> Way to scar said, your kid there, bud. Then you will not <laughs> want to look at it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so we're spring breaking. Um, not girls going wild, but uh, we did some skiing. So well, a couple days of skiing in here at the tail of the season. It seems to... Uh, it seems to linger every year into April. I think uh, most resorts close right around that first week of April here in Idaho. But we got some skiing in yesterday. We went all the way a couple hours north to a hill we enjoy, and it was fun. Uh, my kids are kicking my ass on the ski hill now, and I don't know that I like that. Uh, but it's fun as hell to watch them ski. So, But having fun with that. Baseball season's coming on strong, holding baseball practices, coaching the team for Sam. You know, just a million, zillion, one things. Uh, Atlanta Project had a, had a complete left-hand turn with the Atlanta Project last week. Oh, yeah? That uh, has, has I, I think, effectively converted my leatherworking project to a woodworking project. Hmm. So, kind of oh. crazy. What happened there? Well, there were two, uh, there was a whole package that I was sent initially that was sort of like a spec sheet or uh, I don't know what you call it, you know, like a view book and it had floor plans and inspiration images, they call them and, you know, just a whole bunch of info. It was really nice. Actually, it was, it was incredible. It's the most info I've had on a project ever, but in the inspo images, there were kind of two different versions of this sort of leather dividing wall kind of a thing, right? And one, um, well, we went with one. Uh, It was finally presented to the larger general contractor who took one look at it and said, well, we don't like this. We thought we were getting the other one. (laughs) And so... Uh, After a bunch of back and forth, finally the contractor apparently said, 
We don't care how much it costs. Make it happen. No Ugh. shit. I got a phone Wait, call. So the money that they sent you for the deposit, had you already spent that, like, on leather uh, and all? No, no, thank God, okay. no. No, I had not, because there was enough design. Well, there was enough balloons in the air, balls in the air, where I drug my feet and, and kind of, okay, let me start tooling up. So I got the sewing machine, which came the other day and is amazing. Um, and bought a few, you know, a few odds and ends and kind of started, started slowly tooling up as we were hashing the design over and re-engineering and everything else. And so thankfully I hadn't bought a bunch of materials, but the design they were expecting, um, the more and more I looked at, you know, it's, it's really hard to tell from a photo, right? And the, these were just like nabbed off of a website somewhere like fucking Pinterest or something, you know? And so they weren't the greatest quality images and they weren't the largest images so you you know they got real grainy when you zoomed in but the more i looked at it and sort of studied it and looked at how it was fastened to the ceiling and a number of different things and I, I'm finally i'm like that ain't fucking leather that is not leather there's no way that's leather and then started looking at it and then the design team was able to get in touch with the people that built that particular wall and come to find out that's right it's not leather it was made out of wood and oh so now my god now i'm re-quoting right oh with uh, my god 20 plus k in the bank from the moretti hey, listen at, <laughs> at least you're like, you're hey. versatile right i mean you hey, have all the tooling said. you're the right said, guy to do it man i said lucky for you i just so happen to do that as well so <laughs> I don't have to return your fucking money. Jeez. <laughs> and actually, so, yeah, I'm going to need more. <laughs> man, yeah. So, but now, you know, the same, uh, the, you know, the same problems present themselves, whether you're dealing with wood or leather. Uh, there are arguably fewer with wood, but, uh, but the ones that exist with wood, I think, are potentially more impactful if they, you know, for example, uh, at 24, a 24 foot span, right? Trying to keep a piece of wood, any wood, three quarters of an inch thick, you know, seven wide by 24 foot tall, trying to keep that straight over time, mm. impossible, mm. right? Yeah. So, so now we're, we're back and forth and, uh, what's it going to look like and this and that. And so I'm working on some 3d renderings and, uh, going to, uh, recommend slash demand that it's no taller than 12 feet. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll use that as a starting point and hopefully lower it even more, but we'll see. Yeah. The thing that I'm envisioning is when I was building my grinder room, I needed to get a couple um, four by fours by tens, mm -hmm. like just beams. Yeah. And it's surprising how, even though it's stout at four by four by oh, only yeah. 10 foot long, how much of a bow they can put into those oh, things. Yeah, and like, I had to completely deconstruct their pile to find a, a two pieces that were yeah. not either chipped to hell or bowed or, 100%, you know, yeah. knots and, you know, chinks out of now, it and so know, many different things. Of, uh, I'll obviously do a ton of prep work, jointing and planing and getting it all, you know, uh, consistent uh width and thickness and all that shit but um at the end of the day for framing for example right that's why an outside corner when you frame a house is an l shape right it's two two by fours nailed together uh one is a strong back for the other basically to try to keep your outside corners as square as humanly possible sure um with this i don't necessarily have that opportunity because it has to just literally be almost like a um almost like an airplane propeller is you know without the middle mm -hmm. part okay. so, or like a canoe paddle shaped kind of a thing right okay. where it'll just be really thin with rounded edges so so i'm now considering well should it be an engineered lumber product like a plywood or a mdf or something that's less prone to uh, seasonal movement and just warping, twisting, bowing, and then veneer the, the face of it with a really nice, you know, hardwood veneer or something like that. So 
like I said, I traded, I traded one set of challenges for another, and arguably it's probably the, you know, probably the same number of challenges and the same difficulty of challenges with either leather or wood. But now, at least I know a little bit more about wood. If you're just going to veneer it, could I offer this this type of material that will not Get bend, will not break? <laughs> Yeah. If I'm it saying were black, brother, if it were maybe, maybe be it's black, black pearl. You, know? you can veneer some black pearl and make it look nice and pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> considering your carbon fiber, Brian. I'll tell you, uh, bald man. I don't hope I'm not letting the cat out of the bag too much, but he just built a knife with your with some of your Ooh. carbon fiber, and he did yeah. some really cool things with the texturing on it. And dude, oh, yeah. you're gonna flip out. Yeah, it looks really good. Sexy. He left the 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 texture like he didn't. Uh, mill it oh, back I like that. you know okay. so it's cool. like the you know the top side has like kind of a chunky almost like an mdf or not mdf yeah. but like chipboard kind of like, look yep. yeah and he left that on there and then but finished all the other sides and it looks so very cool man dude. yeah he, he crushed it yeah dude, he, he's I can't so wait creative to look at it. Cool. He, he puts together just the coolest shit it's it's fun to watch brent work in my shop because he, you know, has a shop in his backyard and is kind of like what Pretty you had. Small, Ryan. Right. Very yeah. small, limited tooling. And here we have all the fun shit. Right. You yeah. know, and and there's different possibilities for him to, uh, you know, create these knives. And so I'm watching him develop that technique over time. And, and it's great. And he had a bunch of blanks water jetted out from New Jersey Steel Baron. So now he's got, you know, the profiling taken care of and he's yeah. experimenting with Gator Piss from Baker Forge. I bet so it's like hard we, to go home to his shop, you know? <laughs> I, mean, I think so he enjoys hard. it. He, well, he enjoys it. He smokes home, cigars right? in there and does his thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like relaxing you to him. Smoke and you smoke weed tell in the house made <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's all you can <laughs> smoke in here. Um, and, but when he's here, you know, it's, it's awesome because he, you can see how excited he is to work yeah. and develop things like his knife brand. And, um, one of the things he just did was he's been experimenting with three V which is like a semi stainless steel. It's not like a full hmm. stainless from my understanding. I've never worked with it, but it's a, it's got a lot of chromium in it. So that's corrosion resistant. But he's uh, using Gator Piss, the the etchant from BakerForge.com. Um, Koi sent us a gallon of it to experiment with, and he's using the Gator Piss to darken 3V. Mm-hmm. And then okay. he takes the 3V darkened after it sat in the Gator Piss for a couple hours, neutralizes it, and then throws it, throws it into the tumbler for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And it comes out with this really killer... Um, it's like almost like the knife had sat in a toolbox that hadn't yeah. been opened for like oh, 10 years. Nice. And then, but it's not rust. It's like, it's that dark sort of crumbly looking stonewash finish that he just nailed. And then of course he hits it with a little bit of WD 40 and it just, the whole knife just Ding. pops. It just looks amazing. So nice. he's crushing it. And if you haven't checked out bald man stuff, he, uh, you can find him on Instagram, bald man, knife and tool. And his website, baldmanknifeandtool.com. Go check out what he's got out there. He's He is ramping up for Blade Show in Atlanta. So he got okay. over 100 blanks cut out, and he's going to oh have God. an amazing wow. table this year. Yeah. He is really, really, really – since since I've known him, which has been for a couple of years now, his game went from, you know, standard, you know, making a few knives a year to now making 100-plus knives a year Well, he while he's working full time. Right? Yeah, oh like, yeah. Like oh, yeah. joining you and what did he do before he joined you? He was a mechanic. He okay. worked okay. for the same guy for 20 years in a mechanic shop, you know, wow. trouble shop. Uh yeah. mostly like European, high-end European cars. Incredible. But when he started hanging with me, he had the same story I had, which was, you know, he was tired of service work, yeah. ready to get out. He had been doing it for 20 years, ready to move on. Uh loved knives like I did, wanted to make knives, but knew that, you know, hey, there's there's definitely a massive transition between mechanic for 20 years and not full-time knife maker, family mortgage, you know, all that jazz. So when he, him and I started discussing him coming on last year, 
it was like, you know what, let's make this project bald man. Let's like try to come, come up with something. We came up with a true tilt table and all of that. And it developed into this, what we have now, which is like, we're too much work now to even sustain three people. But, um, it's yeah, his growth and, and it's fun to watch because, you know, all day long we're doing work in here and housemate has become work, work. Like it's not standard fun time anymore you know like it used to be it's right a lot of heavy lifting a lot of logistics production massive production manufacturing and then just in the middle of the workday, brent will bring out all of his knives and you know he has a few things he wants to hand sand or whatever so he's working on that and we're you know talking and you can see him light up he still has the passion for it he still really loves doing it and that's the it's fun to watch you know i know um that's that's cool. I, yeah, and I don't know if you caught the episode of the of uh, Vincent Ferrara's podcast with Austin from High Caliber. I haven't listened yet. I should though. Yeah, he made I a love, comment, and, and, and like right after saying it, he he like <laughs> he announced like I'm gonna catch so much shit for that statement. But so what he said was, you know, he's like he's like I don't have the same excitement level for making things as most other Instagrammers or people on social media, right? He's like, I'm out here doing it every single day. And so he's like, it's not that I'm not passionate about it, but you know, he kind of, it loses its luster a little bit. Right. And so it's cool to find somebody like Brent who that that ain't going away. Right. It's, it's Um, not going away. I think anything will become work. You know, yeah. Noah Vachon talked about that on Knife yeah. Talk a little bit about how um, he's a patron of ours now. Thanks, Noah, for joining nice, up on Patreon. And, um, you know, he was saying, you know, it's it's real easy to shift your consciousness or your focus away from the thing that you've already figured out. And right. because we all want new experiences, even when it comes to work, we yeah. want that like new shiny thing. Like, hey, it's fun to figure out. The thing I like about knife making in general and a lot of making like woodworking was the same way for me when I studied that uh, is that there's always something different to learn. If you're tired of making EDCs, you can make culinary knives and it's a whole different ball game or work with a different type of steel or handle material, whatever it is. There's just so many things. Definitely. It's not just, it's not just knife making as in the blade. It's the, it's the handle material. It could be stabilizing heat treating out on the science of it and the, you know, the science of heat treating. And I don't know, I've always looked at, well, since getting involved with you guys and, and looking inward at the knife making community, that the diversity of skill that's required is off the charts compared to like a woodworking, right? Woodworking, it's all in the same lane. I, I feel like and knife making there's you're, you're part scientist part artist part woodworker part blacksmith you know th- there's all these different avenues um do you find I I don't know I find personally it's one of the reasons I started leather work right because I got to a point with woodworking and I I'm careful how I say it because I don't, it's not that I got that good at woodworking that it bored me because it didn't bore me. Um, it was, I, I was searching for something that gave me that new, like, Oh fuck, I just made this man. That is kick ass. And I wasn't finding that sort of grand slam home run once a quarter or once every couple of months in woodworking, like you kind of need to sustain it. Right. Um, so diversity of, of, uh, hobbies, I guess, for lack of a better term is what kind of led me down the leatherwork path and adding things, but I don't know. It's a testament to knife making and a testament to Brent, I think. Yeah. And I think uh, Brian will probably share the same sentiment, but, uh, one of the things that my issue with any hobby or anything that I'd love to do was like you said, uh, Ben, is that eventually it became very routine and it was the same thing. And, you know, with knife making, I have not discovered that I have yet after four or five years of doing it, I still find a lot of things I know nothing about and want to learn about. So 
I it ends and then it ends up in like these weird little alleyways of different uh, skill right. sets that I'm learning and picking up or problems to solve that turn into products or business opportunities. So it's just for me, I am I love the the trade, I love the hobby, I love working in it. And it's nice to have somebody who does it and actually, you know, he does the circuit. He goes off and does gun shows and knife shows. And he, he you know, every weekend it seems like he's off and running somewhere yeah, trying to sell so his so knives. It's great. He is. And it's and he he knows that if he wants to put that money in his pocket, he can't do what everyone else is doing. He's off like gun shows for him are very lucrative. He can go and do that. And that. Um, because he's a knife maker amongst gun enthusiasts yeah and it's not like you're in a room at a knife show where you're competing against 25 50 other knife makers there's really only a handful of knife makers in this room of gunsmiths and all you need is that one or two guys to walk up to your table and go hey man I, you know i came here to buy a gun but you know yeah. you know when it's you're looking at guns thing, and they're right? thousands of dollars yeah. yeah, they 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 go. Oh, you could sell knives in the two to three hundred dollar range. It looks very, um, you know, it, it's very affordable. But uh, Brian, do you do you feel that way about knife making? I know you're doing a lot of forging now too. You feel like you're at the point where, you know, you still have a lot to learn. Oh yeah, of course. There's there's a million things to learn, and there's never going. I could be 80 years old, and I still have a million things to learn. That's knife making is such. There's so many different rabbit holes that you can get lost in your entire lifetime, going down two or three of them, and there's still 80 more to go. You know, it's it's a uh, it's one of those things. But um, yeah, I I agree. Those shows. I've I've been looking into trying to get into a couple of those gun shows, but um, I apparently just need to get off my ass and finally do them because they sound like they're super lucrative. But going back to what Ben was talking about a little bit earlier, he was, uh, he said that he was kind of lost with woodworking a little bit. He, he wasn't getting the, Oh my God, look at how cool this is at the end of things. Because, you know, he, he, you know, Ben, you, you said that you were basically, you know, not getting complacent with her, not, you just weren't yeah. having that awe anymore. Yeah. It just, I would impress myself less is probably yeah. a good way to say it, right? Like, uh, you know, there was a time where, you know, you slam together a plywood box and you go, fuck me, that's awesome. Right. Um, and and projects ramp up and commission work uh, didn't fuel that fire the way I thought it might. You know, I, I thought, oh, I'll get these really kick-ass, cool fucking projects. And I did. And I built some cool shit. But even in the middle of building an, you know, an eight foot fucking river table, it was like, yeah, that's cool. But, uh, there was no, I think some of it for me is there was no like big challenge in it. You know, it wasn't like head scratching. How the fuck do I figure out the puzzle? That's, that's exactly how I started to feel because I was doing so much commission work and I still have a lot of commissions and I'm still open to commissions, but, Basically, what what I've been noticing is, you know, I I do a batch of commission work and let's say I do four EDC threes. Well, I put out all these pictures of EDC threes. And then what do you know? That's what people are going to be ordering. So I'm just doing the same couple things over and over again. And then, you know, basically um, what I've noticed is when you go out and you make something just because I have this this design in my head. And I'm just going to forge it out or you go to the forge and you're just, OK, I'm just going to start forging on this and see where it goes. And you come up with a cool shape like my my harpoon clip one. I know harpoon what? clips. That's that's what a lot of people are doing right now. So it's kind of the fad right now. But I did one and I absolutely f- fell in love with it. And it was just this little cute little harpoon clip that looks really cool. And at the end of it, I ended up putting this this um, carbon or the uh, copper infused carbon fiber we're experimenting with. Yeah. And um, I put that on it, and Such when I cool when knife, I got man. done when I got done with it, I almost you know I went to Emily. I was like, I want to keep this thing. Like this thing is so cool. I I almost don't even want to sell it. So what she said is, put a crazy number on it. Put put a crazy number. Put it up on the website and see if it sit, if it sits there. Then you know it's yours. If it if it goes, then it goes, and you get a crazy number for it. So I'm thinking this little three inch blade, you know, five, maybe six yeah. inches end to end is out of a piece of scrap I forged together. So I don't really have a whole lot of money into it. Let me put it up for 250. You know, they, nobody, nobody is going to pick this thing up for 250. That's stupid. 
And yeah. literally I posted it and I posted it to the, the four different social medias. And before I had posted to all four, it was gone. No yeah. kidding. Like, ah, <laughs> see, well, and maybe that's a good exercise, right? To just kind of test your own pricing model. Oh, that's true. That tells me may, maybe in general, you're low, you know? Well, um, maybe the who, other who thing. Who knows? I don't know. The one thing is like, you know, it's, it's something I've never done before. It's a, first of all, it's sure. a new shape. It's new carbon fiber. It's, you know, the copper infused, which is really pretty. Um, I really wish I would have taken more pictures of it before I sent it off. I really did. But, you know, I can always make more. And I'm currently working on that more. I've, I've upsized to it. Me. Every fucking build that happens to yeah. me. I'm always like, oh, fuck. I really should have taken good photos of that. Shit. Well, you know, it is what it is. You can always make more. But um, to kind of round out the rest of my week that's been going on, I had a really fun trip down to Toledo to hang out with Jeremy Ballaball. Um, we Yeah, it was, it was cool to see you working with my tools. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was really neat. I got like a text from Brian and it said, um, like, hey, I'm w- working with your Apollo 4. I'm like, where the fuck is Brian right now? Where he's working with an Apollo. <laughs> this and then I Apollo think, shit, man. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, oh my God. That thing is a beast. It's so, like, the, the, first of all, to, to start it up, we, we cranked that thing and it went from like zero to, however hot it could get in almost no time flat it's it's yeah. amazing just how quickly that thing can ramp up yeah 15 temp. minutes to forge welding yeah it's, yeah, it's wild it's i've never worked with anything that powerful and then i also was able he also has a revolution which you i mean no no shade on jeremy ballaball at all because he makes fantastic stuff but i have no idea how he makes that well like, I don't know how he gets straight lines because his platen is actually welded a little bit crooked. So, like, uh, on one, like one corner of his platen is like a quarter inch peeking out on one side. And then the bottom quarter on the opposite side is a quarter inch peeking out in the other way. Holy shit. Uh, how, in the, how in the world is he getting those crisp lines and those pretty blades when his platen's crooked? I don't well, know if he's pro- he's probably just has like a slight adjustment that he needs to make to that machine. Cause oh, there's... no, I've I've talked to him about it. His platinum is welded like his platinum plate is cl- welded on crooked. Oh, it is. OK, you should okay. you should hit him up, send him a new one or something. Maybe you can you can get that thing straight. Yeah, well, we we fab them up here now because so many people had that issue where they were, you know, welding them and they're not square and it's a lot of times it's because they're rushing when they're doing it. And I try to explain as much as possible. Like if you mess this up, it will affect how the machine works. Like these things all need to be perpendicular to each other and so on. And, um, but yeah, no, that's, that's cool. And it's a true Testament too, because really all you need is a spinning belt. I mean, you know, in just a decent, uh, tool or, you know, way it's built or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, it seems like um, it seems like he's really happy with the Apollo too. So that's, that's oh yeah, um, that's there, cool. both of those machines. It's really cool to actually get my hands on it and see how they work, and they work incredibly well. And uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw those couple posts I did where I I was heat treating out of the Apollo. The damn thing f- absolutely flamed on me. I've never seen yeah. a jet flame like that before that quench tank needs to go away (laughs) that's not a good idea Uh, it's too small and well the reason you're getting that is because the surface area on the top of the oil is so small that it when it ignites it like it's like a freaking rocket booster yeah that's it was it was wild (laughs) but it made for a good reel because then you get all the people going you messed that up you could have burned your face off and I damn near did. <laughs> yeah. I lost all the hair in my 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 right hand is completely bald, but you know, it's part of the fun. It it was it was fun for sure. But yeah, it was it was a fun trip and uh thanks Jeremy for the hospitality and all that fun stuff, but yeah, it was a good week. So Brian, what's what's going on at Housemade? Uh we this week is um like a lot of logistics, we changed up how we're shipping the Apollo. Magically, we haven't lost any Apollos since we shipped, we're now shipping with the postal service. Hmm. So imagine that. Yeah. Oh, nice. It is a true testament at how, now let, let me just explain something to you. The new F word is in fact FedEx. And we <laughs> are, because, you know, now it, it very much 
solidifies our thoughts that it, it definitely was like initially we thought, well, maybe it's our fault. You know, maybe we didn't build the crates correctly. No, no, it wasn't our fault. And so, cause you know, we've shipped another 30 of them and, or maybe at this point, 40 of them and haven't lost a single one. The second round of the first, the second round of FedEx shipments that went out, there was 10 in that, uh, in that group and only six made it to their customer. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, and I, the FedEx rep, the, the, the lady who we work with, she felt so bad. She came to our shop and sat with us and Sarah showed her the spreadsheet and showed her all the damaged pictures and everything. And, and, um, she broke down and started crying and it was really a hard moment for us. And what it what we're all it was my birthday and you know like it was busy and like i had people coming by the shop visiting with me and you know wishing me happy birthday tons of messages calls and then she shows up not knowing it's my birthday (laughs) and she's like you know upset obviously and she cares a lot about our business and it's it's not her fault you know it's the operations people who are you know moving the packages through the system and She's like, I just feel so guilty because I've worked for FedEx for so long, and this is a regular occurrence. Oh, Jesus. And I, and I she's like, I feel bad because, you know, I kind of convinced you that it was okay to ship with us, and now I'm having, like, second thoughts about working here. Like, it was like a full-on, like whoa, come to Jesus moment with her, you know, she's just like, it is a systemic problem throughout FedEx and, you know, like whatever. And, um, and I'm not saying this to bash anybody. I'm just saying, this is my experience. This is what we experienced. You know, we lost thousands of dollars of tens of thousands of dollars worth of product. And, um, luckily it was all insured. We, uh, we have approvals on those claims and we'll get the money back, but we haven't got any of it back yet which is kind of worrying me. Suspicious. Mm. It's a little odd. They're approving the claims, but there's been no disbursement of funds. Mm. And um, But anyway, long story short is we've switched over to UPS or USPS, and it's been great. We talked with our friends at Uline. They got us set up with boxes and straps and all this cool stuff that makes it, makes it work. We also got Jason Knight's forge on the road, so his forge is on the road in – um, that was my first time shipping anything with freight. And so that was kind of a cool experience. I used hmm. this company called U ship and it's like, um, imagine like travelocity for buying, um, yeah. not what well, they call it. Um, not a full truckload, whatever FTL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, they, you know, basically you go on and you, you give the zip code, the size of the crate or pallet and the, where it's going, where it's coming from. Is there a forklift on either end and all that? And then these trucking companies bid on your project and they give you like pricing and you can, you know, read reviews. It's like Amazon. You can read reviews. on. It was super interesting to, to do this because I'd always been so intimidated by shipping anything on a, like a semi, you know, even though we receive stuff all the time that way, it just seems like such a, like something a big company would be doing, not me, you know? Um, and it went really well. I mean, yeah. it's not there yet, obviously, but uh, went really well. And the, as far as that went, um, was good. And then, of course, I'm like embedded now really deeply into understanding CAM, which is computer aided yeah. machining. And I'm going to give another shout out to my boys over at the Edge and Flow podcast. If you're not listening to that, it is really a wealth of knowledge. It's Lucas Burnley from Burnley Blades and TJ Schwartz of uh, Schwartz Knives. And they are both just a wealth of knowledge. The They're a young podcast, very few episodes out right now. But they um, – hold on a second here. Ooh, my, my phone is blown up. i got to put it on. Do not disturb. And um, <laughs> and uh, their wealth of knowledge, these guys. And the, one of the last podcasts they just put out was, um, you know, not only are they like discussing like CAD and CAM and knife making, but they're production knife makers and they sell their designs to like brands like CRKT, if that gives you any frame of reference. 
Um, both of which I, I reached out to both of them on Instagram and let them know how much I value their, their show because it's just so good. It's just, they bring a lot of elevated conversation to the market, like the business end, which I'm a huge nerd about. I love that kind of stuff to hear what, uh, and these guys are in a different world than I'm in, right? They're production knife makers and I would like to get there someday, but they've been doing it for a long time. So to hear their, I mean, they're totally, um, unfettered, you know, their, their conversations are, they're not filtered at all. And I love that about them. So, uh, go check out edge and flow and, and uh, make sure you tell them that we, we referred you. And if you want to follow Lucas Burnley, it's Burnley knives on Instagram and you can follow TJ at knife dot designer on Instagram. And they are, he is an Idaho boy. He's a he's yep. near you. He's near yeah, Boise. He so I've yeah. chatted with him a bit, and uh, actually at one point asked him if he'd be interested in coming on this show when we were having guests and stuff, and he was. But then it you know just the way things kind of went with the show, uh, I reached back yeah. out. Oh, Ben, but, you well, that's what you can I, always that could be what Brian does. Yeah, I was just I gonna say Brian could do that. that too. Or that, that, that leads an me into an. Ben could do an interview, but Brian, I, I gotta to, say, honestly, but you're doing so damn well. I don't want to step on a toe, man. That was a no, great no. episode with Fader. It was a great episode with Fader, and here Brian messaged us both, Ben and myself, and said he wasn't super happy with the interview, and I don't really know why. It was so <laughs> fucking good, dude. Like, it was so honest and and like like you said, uncut, unfucked with. You could tell it was just you could tell the relationship that you and Jeff have. And, and I think that came through to me and I think you did just a phenomenal job. You know, it's hard to interview an interviewer. (laughs) Yeah. It it is very hard to interview an interviewer. And also the fact that, you know, he's been doing the show forever. So everyone knows everything about him. So it's not like you're going to bring out anything new, but Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's just hyper me being hypercritical of myself and like always wanting to strive for better. And you know, there's, there's always room for it. So, you know, Listen, you did an excellent job at that. Yeah, All your WFI eyes are good. I mean, the WFI two shows are just, they're just so good, Brian. So just understand you, you, you're talented, but it, beyond the talent, you work hard for it. And I, you can yes, tell, you. and that's <laughs> and Jeff, you know, in his world, he has a ton, you can tell he has a ton of respect for you because of that and it's yeah, it's well, really cool to listen to you guys talk it yep. is it so was. if you're not listening to brian's uh wfi two shows they're marked if you look in the wfi feed the work for it feed they're always they always have a big red two on the picture and you can go back and they're timeless episodes where he's interviewing people and um it's kind of in my head the way i look at it is it's like a fucking snapshot in time of that person's journey in making things. Yeah. So it's, that's why I think it's such an important uh, thing for you to continue doing when you have the time to do it. And the interview with Fader was just top notch. So well done. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. And also, you know, there's, there's always openings. We can, we can get more interviews on the book. If anybody's out there wanting to sit down. I was thinking about connecting you and Jason Knight. I would like to hear that. There you go. Talk about aliens. Man, I mean, yeah. I don't know if I could do better than the hustle and grind did because I mean, listen to them go down all the though. conspiracy theory stuff. That was kind of fun. They didn't talk that was knives fun. at all. It was kind of awesome. Yeah, it was an interesting one for sure. They have sure. their way of doing it, which is really fun and good, and I love the the show, the hustle and grind show. But I think your approach would be different. It's more you're more of a you do your research in the person, and you have like. It seems like you have it written down. I'm not saying they don't do that, but I'm just saying that, you know, like it's a little bit more elevated, uh, <laughs> which, by the way, is not a dig on them because their show brings a ton of entertainment value. And I really like listening to that show. They do a great job with it. It's just that it's just different. You know what I mean? It's like work for it. It's the same kind of thing. Like we're goofy on here. We try to bring the value, but we goof around a lot, too. Whereas on the WFI two shows, I feel like. You know, you really dig into the person, I and it's interesting to, to listen yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all right, switching. Gears. I could not Before... do it. I can't <laughs> do this. You by did the way, really good, and I'm sure I have you've no got patience a... for the logistical side of arranging these interviews. And you guys see how how I hold a standard schedule. Like I can't hardly deviate from 
Wednesdays at one o'clock. And it's yeah. like to try to work with other people and get these shows done. I've I basically conformed part. everybody into my working time. Like I've always <laughs> said, this is what I need to have happen. If you don't like it, then, you know, whatever. Go on. And I hate that about so I hate that about myself. I wish I was a little more flexible, but I just I'm I'm just not that way. The but problem, Brian, though, you're doing you a great are job. Flexible, right. The problem because because I'm pretty damn flexible. I say yes to everything I help anybody that asks right and so my day gets like kind of fucked you know where i've got my this is what i try to list, avoid ben. but yeah, yeah and and i get mired in the soup of the fucking well it's day. like on my birthday yeah. i was trying to get all this shit done brendan right. asked me to come over and um help pack up like 15 forges and i agreed and then Dude, my phone never stopped ringing, yeah. you know, then the FedEx person came by, then my parents came by, then the in-laws came by. Like it was you just You just describe my day every fucking day. It I, like, and I oh, did not awful. do well with it, my man. I am oh, not dude. a I like a schedule. I want to be, you know, from this time to this time this is what I'm doing and I don't want it to deviate too much and if it does, I don't go with the flow well. Um I have a hard time compartment. I'm very linear in that regard. Yeah. Um, so but anyways, what, guys, yeah. What is it that you do? Because obviously you, you have a system that works really well. So what is your system? Do you have like a, a morning ritual that you kind of get things going with? Do you, do you like yes. write, write a list of things down that you need to check off? Morning, yes. I'm going to do this. Noon, I'm going to do this. Night, I'm going to do this. It's daily goals. So here, here's, here's how my mornings usually go. 6 a.m., up, out of bed. Uh, I make my coffee. I make coffee for the family. And then I sit down at my computer. I'm either designing or I'm doing social media responses to like people who commented or have sent me a DM. You'll notice I'm usually only on DMs in the morning and late at night, if not just mornings. Then at eight o'clock, I have obligations to get the kids to school. I drive them to school and then I'm off to work between the hours of nine and five thirty or six. I have a goal set for that day, and sometimes that goal is just as small as clean off your workbench or pack this many, you know, whatevers or fabricate this many whatevers. And those goals are usually realistically achievable within a time frame, given all of the distractions that I have throughout my day, which is, you know, being distracted means you know, answering a ton of questions from customer service all the way down to logistics to talking with shippers and box makers and all the all these little things that draw my attention away. Decisions that have to be made by me. I would say a good portion, if not a third of my day is being distracted with things that are not actual work, but are like decision making. And then at the end of the day, I, I usually go home, I eat and then I design a little more on the computer and, you know, or hang with the family, watch TV and go to bed. So here's um, my question. That way. What do you do when those goals aren't met? Like what, what they roll do you over have? Oh, they just the roll day. over. You don't, you don't set things aside. Like, okay, well we're going to, I'm going to have to have Brent take over this or stuff like there, that. If, if Brent can do it, then yes, I will. I will, I will hit him up and say, I need you today for this. And I, and usually on a rollover day, that'll happen. So like if I set a goal to ma manufacture, 20 ribbon burners in, in whatever day or not even, I can't do that in one day, but you know what I mean? Um, if, if I set that goal and I only get halfway there, the end of that day, I will look at him and say, your morning is with me tomorrow. We need to finish the last 10 and the, and here's what we're going to do. X, Y, Z. It doesn't matter whatever else you, I always pull, not always, but I, I have the veto card where I can say your goal for the day has got to bump back because my goal for the day bumped back. So shit rolls downhill. This is how it works. And you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's usually really good about it. Like he can, sure. he can get around all that stuff. And I do it very respectfully. I'm not an asshole. I just, you know, I just come in and say like, Hey, I got this goal. We have to hit it because X, Y, Z, this is how many we have to ship. And he goes, yep, yep, yep. And then we just do it. So that communication it, is key because I've, I've been on the receiving end, especially when I worked at target where I, I have my goals that I need to get done for my section. And all of a sudden yeah. a boss comes by and says, hey, screw screw your section. I need help over yes. on this opposite end. And I never get a, an answer. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, why the hell am I over here? And then I'm going to get yelled at for that by a different boss. So that trust communication is, is key for sure. Trust and communication are everything in both, in all relationships, personal and business. So like if they know, they trust that if I tell them, hey, 
if I don't do this by this date and time, it is going to fuck you over. Right. They know right. that. They know that. So, you know, we draw out our calendars. Like when we, this is the reason why we're only doing 50 forge drops a month. Because if we just like said, you know, post however many, you know, just run them and we'll set, we'll ship them as we sell them. We would get behind so fast. And so it yeah. would just be not good. So, and we get all these people and I love you. I, I wish I could sell you an Apollo Forge outside of those Windows times. It's just the thing is, is you're going to be mad at me. I'm going to take your order and your order isn't going to ship for like a month and a half or two months. Right. So I don't want to take your money and then be sitting on it. But here's what I will do. I will. You're on my email list. I'm going to send you an email. When we decide we're going to do the drop, we'll give you a couple days heads notice so that you know, hey, this is when they drop and, you know, be on that list for the next 50 and, you know, whatever. But we're in a position where the Apollos are so labor intensive. They're, you know, from building the ribbon burner all the way down to packing up all that steel and shipping it every day. It is not something to take lightly. And, you know, people are like, well, you should hire more people. It's like, it's not that. It's even if I hired another guy, there would be, it would, it still takes my attention and focus. It's not, it's not something I can hand off to a lot of people. So not just yet anyways, we're working on that. But now I feel like one of the things that, that is the barrier between being a hobbyist and being a full timer is being professional and business like where with hobbyist, you know, you, you take on 10 knives or let's say even 50 knives throughout the year. And, uh, you know, when someone, when someone orders a knife from a part timer, very few people are like, well, you know, I expect it by this time and there's deadlines to things where with, with, uh, being a professional or full timer, you, you know, I feel like you're a little bit more beholden to deadlines and needing to get things out because I mean, honestly, your entire livelihood is based off of how many of these things you can sell. So you need to keep the things flowing and, you know, taking, taking your mindset from this is something fun to this is something that I need to reproduce quickly, you know, finding those organizational skills that will allow you to do that effectively, where with you, you're, you're Brian, you are a high producing, you know, very high end. Uh Oh, Ben said iPod disc or AirPods disconnected. I was just going to flip it over to Ben too. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be back on. Oh shit. Well, I was just going to say, basically the way I was going to frame it is, you know, Brian, you have to say you have to be super ultra organized because you've got a million things and you've got your plans out away is where Ben and I are kind of, you know, there's we don't have employees. We're a little bit more free flowing. We we, you know, basically are beholden to ourselves. Mm. And I was going to ask to Ben, you know, what organizational skills or does that ring true to you? But haha, you're not here, Ben. <laughs> yeah, we can't hear you, Ben. Yeah. Uh, uh, you may want to disconnect and come back in. Um uh, yeah, the the whole free flow thing was me initially, you know, yeah. it was like pack them as you sell them kind of thing. And that was what it but it became. Here, here's what it became. It became very clear that the work we were doing was uh, was serving an underserved community. OK, mm-hmm. and that community was growing. And so I, as a business person, saw an opportunity to do to serve a community that I loved. Right. You know, these are people that I love working with now every, do I know every customer? Not anymore. I mean, I used to, but it's the people that generally buy from us are good people, hardworking. They're willing to do a project. They want a project They're You know, they're either knife makers or they're wood workshop type people. The, the difference between Brian four years ago and Brian today is that now I am a forward thinker, forward linear thinker, meaning I'm already thinking about Christmas. You know, I'm putting in place things for Blade Show when I'm gone for a week or or more. And so, you know, little things like that I wouldn't have done four years ago because it didn't matter. You know, I was a service-based guy, I was a computer guy, it didn't matter. You know, if I wanted to go on vacation, just tell all my customers, hey, I'm going on vacation, call the office, don't call me. Right. Now it's, you know, hey, Christmas break is coming and we all want some time off. So we better start banking a whole bunch of pre-made stuff and kits and buy, buy, buy stock, keep it in stock, keep it high. That way when Christmas does roll around, we're not like, you know, you know, run every year we are, but it doesn't really matter. But you know what I mean? 
I almost wonder if some of that, the things that allow you, affords you the ability to be so forward thinking is that you've got garnered a level of success where you always know there's an X amount of sales that happen, you know, every day, every week, every month, every year. And you know that that, you know, of course, you you have to keep innovating to keep the people coming back to to buy more. But, you know, you you know, you see the trends and everything's kind of a more even keel. You know, there's there's high low, there's highs and there's lows, but your lows aren't nearly as low as they were back back in the day. Um, yep. Like for me, for instance, you know, I, I am still on the roller coaster where I, I have months where I sell a lot and I have months where I get down to damn near nothing. And it's, it's that hand to mouth problem where, you know, I've basically what I was going to ask is, you know, I don't know. Do you how have, do you what? Sorry. Can you like hear me? How do you, like how, yeah, I can hear you. Like, how do you oh. stop that? Like, well, no, the, my question is, do you, do you have like, do you have like a bank of, okay, my bills are, you know, this much for six months. And if everything goes to shit, I can still live for six months and try to recoup myself. Yes. 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 And yes. I feel like that is key to give yourself like the the ease of mind of, oh, my, if if I go for something and it doesn't go well, then I have six months to figure it out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the whole idea behind the, the uh, war chest of starting a, like a business like mine is that it takes a lot of money to do that because your overhead is so high. You right. have to, you know, maintain this big checking account or, you know, liquid money that you could pull from. And, and yeah, we have that. It's, it's just now because we've done it for so many years, we know that sales are going to be slower in certain times and, you know, much more uh, larger in other times, you know, busier in other times. So not just from a money standpoint, but from a work and stock standpoint, we can really like I can say to myself, like, look, you know that September is going to be slammed and sure. it's probably not going to stop until March or April. So why not prepare now? Use some of that emergency fund to buy into it. And yeah, you're going to have some slow periods. I mean, summertime is typically slow or come up with solutions for that, meaning like come up with a product that is, is summer worthy that people are you know people are going to want to use or buy during the summer to help boost sales during those times maybe people aren't buying grinders and forges but maybe they're going to buy uh you know true misting tilt. systems or true tilt or you know things like that so as your diversity starts your product diversity your catalog starts to grow you'll realize like hey i can lull i can smooth out those low points the emergency fund though is there for the oh shits like you know a fire inspector walks through the door and says i need five to seven thousand dollars worth of upgrades to my studio space to make it compliant you know things like that and so you know real world business problems like my insurance went way up this year because we're selling apollo forges now we weren't selling those before and now my insurance carrier goes holy shit you're selling flamethrowers basically you know <laughs> so uh you know here's your bill you know to to protect you from the liability so it's stuff like that that you don't take into consideration you know it doubled our insurance bill i mean it's just that simple you know but you over time and in your position let me take it let's take it down to somebody like you who's making knives and you know, the way I see it is eventually you're going to get tired of that, like, you know, those ups and downs, and you're going to be thinking the same way. Well, you're doing that now with the carbon fiber project. You're already starting to branch out into other things that will keep you bringing in money so that you're not, you know, those low points, those valleys aren't as rough. The highs are a little bit higher and the lows aren't quite as low because there's kind of the, there's the underlying carbon fiber sales, which, you know, are they, they had a, I had a really good push to begin with and then it's kind of pulled back, but also, you know, my stock is really down right now. I need to put in a big order with them and, you know, I need to get back on the, on the promoting side of the carbon fiber. So, you know, Hey. Uh, anything you can do to get that going and, you know, to keep that in front of the eyes of the people who are following you on social media is important, I think, because it's a product no one else has. So right. you, you've got you've got something that no one else has, which is a gold mine. And I think you should 
You should really, uh, you know, make sure you're using it regularly in your projects. By the way, I still love my K-Tip Chef that I got from you from you for Christmas, and Hell it's yeah. got those carbon fiber handles on it. It's like the knife I go to now. I mean, let me – I'll just stroke your shaft a little bit on this because <laughs> the knife right next to it on my magnet is a Blenheim Forge. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's their K-Tip. And uh, I love that knife. I do. It's a hand-forged, you know, stainless sand my. It's a beautiful knife. You know, it's Brian, just... maybe it's time to put mine down into the drawer or something. You got to no, blend them man. right there. Come on now. Blend them, man. It's it's a great knife. But I alternate, and now I'm leaning more towards the, the B-cone knife. So. Oh, shit. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brian, we've 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 managed to like eat up almost an entire hour bullshitting about this stuff. So let's skip over WFI projects. We'll come back to that next next week. Unless you got oh, something man. you want to you want to pick one and shout one out. Yeah, let's both we'll... do one. Let's at least get okay. one in. And I'm going to um... do a shout out. I, I've got one pulled up right now. Well, I actually have two. Fuck it. Let's do two because I've got let's two that I really want to shout out. Um, the first one is Stalwart tool company they are like a little they make like wrenches and stuff and they've been following my work for a while they have 944 followers on instagram it's stalwart uh like it sounds s-t-a-l-w-a-r-t tool company so just add tool company to stalwart and you'll find them and they make these uh i know a lot of fabricators and welder guys like listen to the show so if you're interested in some cool uh, welding um, brackets and handles and stuff and um, wrenches. They actually sent me one because they listened to the podcast. And um, is that Ben joining us back in here? It is, but I'm getting oh, an echo. So an let me kill shit. this other window. <laughs> Anyways, they sent me a wrench. It's really cool. They've got a really cool business model. So go check out Stalwart Tool Company on Instagram. I've got Spruce Hill Studio, um, spruce.hill.studio. Go check him out. He's a great guy. Um, we actually did a heightness jig thing that basically he had a design and I had a couple yes. input input things. And he's 3D printing these things. This this isn't the project that I've pulled out, but I just wanted to pull it up because it was, That's it was a really cool Will, thing. That's Will, right? Yeah, yeah. Will in Maine. Um, I think he's in Maine. Will in Maine. That's him. But he is working on a couple friction folder knives that look absolutely gorgeous. They're, you know, I've done a couple friction folders, and that is a hard thing to pull off, especially if you've never done them before. But it looks like this little drop point and this little cleaver is going incredibly well. And yeah, I mean, Will, you're you're killing it. It's a it's a great little project. And go check him out. He only has three hundred and three followers, so let's jump up those numbers. And and he's go also ahead. building a, an Apollo Forge by hand. So that'll, or he's building a forge by hand, but he's using all of our plans and, you know, he's like mixing it up and he's making his own ribbon burner and everything. So go follow him to watch the process because uh, he's, he's a cool guy. Um, Hey guys. Hey guys. Just really quick. hear you. (laughs) We can edit this out if we need to, but I just want to make sure I'm going to close that window. That's, that's no longer working with my mic, but everything should be uploaded to the web. Right. So we're good. Uh, you know what? Leave that window. Is it the echo I am, that's but bothering it's making you? the echo. I'm, you, I'm worried it, we're going to get it in the recording. Uh, well, I can edit it out. If you right-click on the tab, you can hit uh-huh. mute site. Oh, no, you can't because it'll mute you on both sides. Yeah, it's, yeah. fuck it. Go ahead and close it. Okay. I think it should Hopefully be it uploaded because I've not talked for a long time, so we're good. Yeah. I'm going to close it. Okay. I want to shout out uh, Stormlight underscore Forge. That's Darren. Uh, he, I don't know if you're following his work, Stormlight underscore Forge. And he is making, like, he makes all kinds of stuff out of, it's really unusual, usually some sort of pattern-welded steel that he acid etches back. And in some of the parts, like, are it's just super interesting work that he does. So go check out Stormlight underscore Forge. He's also he's building. We sent him some parts. Uh, he's got like a BA shredder uh, grinder body that he got from Nick, and then we sent him like the the platen and the wheels and a bunch of stuff to finish the build to finish the grinder. So he's gonna have like kind of like a, a Franken grinder kind of deal going on, but it, it should get him up and running anyway. So check out uh, Stormlight underscore Forge on Instagram. He has 
2,123. Caroline Jeanette is killing it. I mean, she's always killing it. We're always bringing her up, but she's got this um, pink. It's called pink ivory wood that she's carved this little soup spoon out of. It's a really beautiful. I've never seen wood that kind of has it. It almost has like a little like rosy hue to it. It looks really cool. I, I enjoy that that hue in the wood. And then, yeah, she's she, of course, her hand carved spoons are gorgeous. Um, Emily has Die this now. For. She now has this little display that she's is put she these using wood- the fucking thing. No, then? we still ah. the only one that so I've she used. She writes bad podcast questions and doesn't <laughs> use handmade wooden fucking spoons. Oh come oh, on, give damn. Emily a break. Come on, who is this woman? Poor Emily. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I guess the one that I do use, I always use my one cup. She made one that holds a cup of of I imagine liquid, but I use it for flour when I make bread. But the other three, they're like up on the display, and it's those are not to be used because they're just so mm. pretty. The spoons that shall not be named. Great spoons. Or used. Yeah, she's she's killing it, man. She just, I'm in, I'm always blown away at the at like the sheer volume she, you know, the sheer number that she makes. She seems to make a spoon or two a day almost. It's crazy. Seems like it. And that's no small task to handle. She was working on some things. other. She was working on some other project, but I, you know, maybe maybe that should uh, yeah. stay in the background. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Did you guys see that paddle she made? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. It, there was a pretty mischievous look in her eye as she was showing it off as well. So, hey man, teach know. their own. Yeah, man. Whatever gets you. Whatever gets your goat. Hey man. <laughs> Ben, do you have a work for it projects? You know, I don't honestly. I oh. I'm trying to get there, and my don't worry whole, about it. We're we're gonna move on to a dad yeah. joke and shut the show down because we got to move on that, to the after hey, show. Right. Yeah, no worries. Hey, did you guys hear about the guy that dipped his balls in glitter? What? Did you hear about this guy? He dipped no. his balls in glitter. Pretty yeah. nuts, right? Pretty nuts. Oh, pretty nuts. Woo! <laughs> but the guy that's getting that paddle has pretty nuts. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we know you're out there working for it, and we appreciate everything you do, which is also listening to the show, which we know you yeah. do, and sharing the show on Instagram, friend, your stories, baby. and Facebook, where and all the guys who are supporting us on Patreon, we appreciate you. And this week's question comes from uh zach uh from he's a patron of ours and let me pull this up right zach from pater nostri fabrica pater nostri i like a good egg good egg and this is going to be kind of an interesting subject because what he is asking is something we know all about and that is what would you suggest you buy if you're getting started in podcasting and that i think is a great question because We all have our own, we have different equipment, yep. and we talk a little bit about that on the after show. So if you want to get in on the after show, you know what to do. You can go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And for as little as $10.80 a year, you can hear our most value. I guarantee you, the answer that I bring you today on today's question will bring you at least $10.81 of value to you. If you want to start a podcast, th- that is. There, hey, listen. <laughs> hey. And you don't have things? to just listen Who to that doesn't? one answer and that one after show because you get 52 of them every friggin' year for that price. Sure. 52 after shows. And I don't know if you saw Ben on there, but uh, they posted a video yesterday. It was very funny that no one else in the entire world gets to watch those videos unless you're a patron. That's right. That's right. So, That's right. Yeah. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash work for it. We'll see you in the after show. Work for it, guys. Yeah. Bye.